in this episode of the Connor Carrick Podcast. You know, if coach does yell at you and you are feeling more anxious, it's an invitation to go inward and say, okay, what, what is coming up for me right now? How am, why am I feeling anxious? What am I being, what's triggering me here? And I think for a lot of us, um, I would say this is very true in sport. I'd say this is very true in the population at large is we are, we do not want to feel our feelings. Like if you are feeling anxious, you will do anything to make that anxiety go away. But what I, what I think is that is such a gift for you to say, okay, what is, what is the trigger here? Why is this making me feel anxious? And sit with that and let that marinate. Welcome everyone to the Connor Carrick podcast. I'm your host, New Jersey Devils defenseman, Connor Carrick. Today with Dr. Stephanie Estima, we will talk about the vulnerability of starting a podcast and the fear of judgment. We discuss our desire to balance like our, our highest self, our, our superhero self with our inner critic and the tug of war that exists there. This truly is uh, maybe a little bit of a different podcast. If you come here mostly, if you listen to me, mostly talk with hockey uh, friends and teammates that I've played with. Uh, I do enjoy talking about the, the art of life. And Dr. Stephanie Sima and her husband Giovanni Marcico are two people that I really look up to in this realm. Um, and truly any time with her is a gift. I, I learned a lot in this podcast today and I know you will. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Let's do this. So Steph, I'm not sure uh, if you caught either of the previous podcast, but really it's a podcast around high performance. It's a, it's a podcast around mental, physical health and well-being. I mean, we, this is, this is our DNA. This is our sweet spot. Um, and I'm thrilled that you're on because I, I connect with you in a couple different ways. I think you have this like old school work ethic and like inner reflection and that fire can burn hot. Sometimes we've talked about that. We talked about that on, on your podcast better, but you have this new school, like worldliness, try to learn how to get out of your own way, you know, holistic sense of play that, you know, I think is, is something I want to talk about. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, much like, you know, we're on your podcast, we talked about, sort of my development, how I came to be, uh, you know, I, I, in looking up, you know, some of the, your bio, you know, it says big hearted chiropractor with, in, with interest in functional neurology, brain optimization and weight loss. So we can talk, let's start there and then let's transition to a little bit of your, um, platform building efforts and, and how you've been so successful with that. And I think you've done it a really nice job. And I was honored, honestly, when you asked me to be on your podcast for in the start, mm-hmm. uh, but Top 10 let's start a little bit of the, of the why let's start with, you know, why were you able to build this successful career and, and, you know, why do you have the habits that you do? Well, I think, um, you know, you said I have this old world, uh, work ethic. And for me, I think that that was, like anybody, there's mul- there's multiple reasons why, you know, influences that people have 
on you. And there's a couple of, uh, you know, tipping points for me. One of them was when I was 16, my parents uh, split up. They uh, decided to get divorced. It was a relatively contentious split. And I remember seeing my mother who was at the time hadn't been in, you know, in the workforce for six, at least 16 years um, and had given up, you know, through the stories and stuff that she had told me, you know, her dreams, her career, her dreams of her, her own career and her own pursuits. And then at the age of, you know, 40, whatever, having to find a way to make money. And I remember mm. promising myself like, I will never be put in that position. I will always make sure that the person that I lean on is me. And whether or not that's a, you know, an appropriate response to the situation, you know, I'll leave that up to uh, any psychiatrist or psychologist that yeah, you have yeah. on here. But I made a, made a commitment to myself that I was going to be um, someone who could always provide uh, for myself. So that was a really... Um, you know, and then I think a divorce in it, like, you know, when you see your parents divorce and it's relatively ugly, it just, you know, it kind of sticks with you. So there was, there was that. And then when you start, so I really, for me, I discovered my intelligence. Like I always sort of mm -hmm. never really paid attention to school, would just kind of get by with B's or whatever. And I really dove into my academics or my academia at that time. And was like, oh, I'm actually really good at this. I'm this is actually like I'm. Oh, I'm the top person. Oh, I'm on the dean's list. Oh, I'm on. The, so once once you start um, almost getting in competition with yourself, you know, to see, oh, you got an you got an eighty five. Oh, let's see, like next time, let's see if we can punch out a ninety. You know, I think when you when you start, um, you know, almost like gaming it with yourself, you realize that there's no end to that. There's always new a new application, some way to integrate another, more information, any, there's always ways that you can be leveling up. So through my schooling, uh, so I went to U of T, University of Toronto uh, for neuroscience and psychology, and then went to, um, finished a four-year degree in three years um, because like taking summers off, it's like, you know, enjoy the sunshine. Why? Why would I ever do that? I, you know, I would take two or three more <laughs> courses over the yeah. summer. Um, so I ended up, you know, graduating early and then um, was accepted into the uh, chiropractic school of my choice um, and then went to, went to chiropractic school there. So um, yeah, and it, it's just, you know, it's, it's just like neurons that wire together, fire together, right? Like the more you fire on that pathway, the more grooves you get, the easier it is to fire. So, you know, you compete with yourself and you try to get better through university that follows you in through, you know, your professional training. And then um, it's really followed me ever since, like through my, you know, building up of my practice, uh, my brick and mortar practice, which I have since, you know, I was in, in private practice in Toronto for uh, 16 years. And now I'm moving my, I have moved my practice more um, online now. Well, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, good timing given, you know, we're all on, on quarantine right now. But, yeah. and, and you said something there that I thought was, you know, you can always level up. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. And your podcast is called better with Dr. <laughs> Stephanie yeah. Estima. Yeah. So, and, and as a pro hockey player, as a pro athlete, this was always the process that I engaged with growing up. You know, my dad and I, he was really the dreamer in the family. Mm. And that was always the conversation. Where are your strengths? 
where are your weaknesses and how do those, you know, um, how do those translate to the National Hockey League, to the NHL game? And I, I grew really aware of always where I was falling short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, I was always coached as a kid, never be satisfied, never, never be satisfied. Always, always know you could do better. So how do you manage that inner fire, that, that inner juice that is such a gift? Cause it is a gift. It can show up in a, as energy in the morning. I find sometimes for me, it shows up as anxiety. Like I have this mission to chase my potential. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you balance that inner fire mm-hmm. with frankly being happy with living a happy life? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a dance for sure. And I think that to your point, it can show up as energy. It can show up as like expansive energy where you mm-hmm. are creating and producing. And, you know, for me, I have um, like I live on momentum. If I don't feel like I am moving towards something, it's you might as well poke my eyes out. Like it's 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 air for me. So I I think and I and I do have a very and I will be, you know, in the spirit of being open and honest and, and transparent with you and your listeners, I do have a very harsh inner critic. Like this inner critic is a belligerent cross-examining lawyer, you know, that is like yeah. You're not, why did you do that? Why did you make that choice? Why did you think you could make that choice? Who do you think you are? Um, so I, I definitely have um, an internal dialogue that asks me, am I good enough? Am I capable enough? Am I smart? Am I pretty enough? Am I worthy? I have, the, I have all of that. And I, what I've discovered is I also have another voice in my head. Um, the, so I would call that like my inner critic. The mm. other one is like the inner victim, right? And they, it's like they're Thelma and Louise, like they, they play off of each other. So like the inner critic asks, you know, like, who do you think you are to do this? And then the, you know, if you don't reach whatever unattainable metric um, that that inner critic has set out for you, your inner victim is like, it's because you're a loser. It's because you're a, you know, it's because you are not supposed to do these things. So um what I have learned over time, and this is how I, you know, coming back to your question around, you know, how do you, how are you happy? How do you experience any type of joy <laughs> is, is understanding that they're just voices, that they are just thoughts. They're coming from a certain part of my brain. And this is why I love neurology and, you know, understanding the brain so much because you can sort of, you can help yourself. But these, these messages, you can be the observer of these messages, but not necessarily the recipient of them. So you can observe the message that maybe maybe you don't have the skills or all the skill set yet to, um, you know, insert goal here, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. you don't have maybe you don't have the uh, you know the the fortitude to start a podcast or you don't have the interview skills to start a podcast or whatever whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I can say you know thank you so much for sending me these messages. I know that this is you're trying to protect me, but like I've got this. So it's, it's almost like a, it's like a dance between, you know, an adult voice uh, or, you know, my self-actualized, fully formed version of myself and my inner child, right? Like the baby Steffi who is scared and frightened and wants to feel safe. And these, those messages are often, often fear-based. So it's about listening to the voices and not trying to not trying to push them down and and reject them, but to understand that they are there to keep you safe. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm in the driver's seat. And 
I, I appreciate you being so open and honest. I had every reason to believe in our relationship that you, you would, um, with our listener and the, I, I know that like my audience, our audience today is going to gain a lot from it, but the, the jokes on everybody, I actually wanted to talk to you so I could learn about how to better <laughs> deal with this. Cause you yeah. know, my journey with, um, mindfulness and I talked about it a little bit with the podcast I had, uh, with Elliot Friedman, where, mindfulness where when did it become something that sounds hippy dippy and not as you know it's not the type a work ethic that i need it's not intense it's not fire it's not all the things i identify with mm -hmm. and you know what i found was as i started to play in the nhl an 82 game schedule where you play constantly yeah, and you man. are so tested there are mm -hmm. late nights you are traveling chronically there's a lot of stressors that can push you towards you know self-sabotage or where you're indulging in emotions. Like it's hard to get off that roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my journey with mindfulness was basically just realizing, coming to terms with those thoughts, those emotions are just a roller coaster. And I don't have to stay on the ride all the time. Right. And your productivity like, doesn't need to be attached to the hostile cross-examining lawyer all the time. Like you can still mm -hmm. be incredibly productive but just unhinge that productivity and unhinge the the pursuit of the goal so that it's not rooted in fear and it's not rooted in anger and self-hatred that you can still do a lot of these things because those are the things that you are not you are born to do like you would like I've never had the dreams that I have for myself are meant for me right like mm -hmm. I've never I've never dreamt of being a professional uh uh, I've never dreamt of being in the NHL or, you know, or pro a professional uh, sports person, but I, ha I do dream about uh, helping women and I, I dream about public st stages and I dream about writing a book. And I like, so the dreams that I have, and this is maybe a little bit of a dance between, you know, masculine energy and feminine energy. Like I've spent most of my life in that masculine, like do, 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 go, go, go. But in, in more recent years, there's a... And I'm tying this in with what you're talking about with mindfulness. I think mindfulness, yeah, people are like, oh, this hippy dippy. Are we allowed to say bullshit? Can you say Go can for it. It's out now. Yeah. It's out now. This like this this horse shit around, oh, well, like, you know, I'm gonna meditate and I'm gonna, you know, you know, whatever. I'm gonna reach some ethereal, uh, perfect, perfect white slate of a mind. Like that's it, that's not what it is at all. It's about surrendering and getting in touch with your body and getting in touch with the way it feels in your body, which is a more you know, when we talk about feminine and masculine energy, it's a more feminine pursuit to surrender to that and to be accepting and nourishing of, you know, some of the voices that are in your head and accepting all of who you are. And, and you know, I appreciate you talking about the pursuit to, to honor all of who you are. Mm. Because that, you know, part of the question I, I wrestled with when I wanted to start this podcast was like, who am I? Who who are you to to get up in front of the mic and try to present what you think you think and what you think you know to the world? But the you know I had a teammate. Uh, shout out to Miles Coolis, teammate I played with at the U.S. development team, and he used to call me life like it was his joke. Like mm. he because I, we would be talking about whether we wanted extra guacamole at at Chipotle or something, and I would be like, 
you know, man, what do you think this is all for? Like I would, I would push the conversation to heavier topics. And, and this is for me, a great way to like honor that part of myself. It doesn't serve me well sometimes like between periods mm-hmm. when, you know, I, I have a game to play and, and, you know, the hamster upstairs is, is running on his wheel. Uh, and it may be better to turn it off and just play and just automate. Um, but I, I found this whole process super rewarding. Like you can't ignore parts of you that, that are so apparent. And I thought it was interesting. You brought up the quote about, you know, you do not dream of things that are not meant for you. You know, I was listening to one of your recent podcasts and I wanted to talk to you about that today because I, there is something about that whisper, you know, and I've always been someone that listened to that, that inner whisper that said, Hey, do that thing. Yeah. Do that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think, I think if we all could quiet the hamster wheel, you know, <laughs> quiet that voice a little bit, and just sink into our intuition, you know, for all my understanding of functional neurology and you know, your body always knows. Your body always knows if you can sink into your body and listen to the messages that he, she, or it, uh, however you identify, is 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 calling to you. And sometimes it's just like the littlest, littlest whisper. Like it's the, it's this, it's just a, it's, it's like this, this resonance that if you just pay attention to it, it'll, it'll always guide you. Um, whenever I've not listened to my intuition, um, I've hired, you know, I've attracted, uh, people into the practice, into my clinical practice that were not meant to be in the practice. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've attracted toxic relationships, uh, personal and professional, um, and whenever I have honored that voice, it's always served me well. So, you know, for me, I have, like, I've, I've talked about like the book and like, you know, we were, I think we were talking a little bit in, in our pre-chat or in the email, emails we were exchanging kind of leading up to this, but, um, I dream of allowing people or helping people to take back their power, particularly women. Cause I think that we, are often sold messages of imperfection and consumerism over, you know, um, uh, creation. And we're told you're not enough until you get that mascara or you wear the shoes that have the red on the, on the heel, or you have, you know, whatever. Um, we're always being sold these things. And, and as such, I think that women in particular, and I think this is true for men and women, but as my my experience being a woman, I have been able to you know sp- speak to that where we always mm-hmm. feel like we're not enough in some way, and I would just love to be able to give the tools in the same way that when I was a chiropractor, I was really just giving the tools for someone to facilitate their own healing. Like it wasn't me who healed someone; it was me just kind of an intervention in their body, and they did the work. But in the same way, for me to give someone a tool that they can integrate. And, and, and free themselves because I think that there's, I think so often we look to the external for someone to either save us or fix us or do it for us. And if you can, if you can shift away from blame to actually like taking a hundred percent responsibility for exactly where you are and then moving forward from there, that's when I think you can totally reclaim your power. And I, I think, you know, what, Another thing that um, you discuss is, is how you kind of use like a superhero identity to be able to create lanes 
for these, you know, I guess the, the, these different topics of your life to take place. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've really tried to borrow from you and, and, and you and Giovanni, you know, introduced me to Todd Herman, the, the concept of having sort of like alter egos for different areas of your life. Damn. You know, I am a very different person. I'm, I'm on, you know, quarantine right now. So I'm working out on my rooftop and it's been a really uh, difficult challenge in that there's not a long, there's not a car ride home from the gym. Right. There's just like seven steps downstairs. So I've had to learn how to like turn off, okay, you know, masculine beast mode, trying to get after it, mm-hmm. you know, trying to stay physically, you know, in shape to play. If we, if, you know, the NHL comes out of its pause to like gentle home husband, mm-hmm. you know, so how do you kind of use your different alter egos, your relationship with talk like what, what being a superhero, what superpower means to you? Cause I think once I gave myself permission to, it's not like any one aspect of myself wasn't welcome certain places, but you know, when it was at the rink, it was like, okay, Connor, like this is aggressive grit, take someone's head off time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's got to turn off when you walk in the door and take the dog out. Like yeah. <laughs> it's different. Time to be the Hulk. And then yes. when you walk in the door, you're Bruce Banner. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I definitely channel different people. Um, there's a lot of people that I, um, love. I, if I turn, when I, if I turn, if I can turn the camera, I would show you, um, you know, Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel are examples for me of strong women who are also at the same time, particularly Wonder Woman. She is, uh, she also is able to do it from a place of love. Like love is the through line for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she's a badass and she fights Aries and she does all these things, she's at, at the end of the day, it's it's done from a place of um, uh, nourishing intent. So I, I definitely channel her. There's like things that I will wear. Like, I don't know uh, for people who are listening to the podcast won't see this, but like I have this ring that kind of looks like I only mm-hmm. wear this when I'm either doing a podcast or I'm on stage. So I, I have that Todd Herman, like there's a piece of, you know, article of clothing or, you know, piece of jewelry that I like to put on where I feel like I'm turning into her so that I can serve. Um, I definitely, you know, for my children, I can't be, you know, throwing spaceships. Like I can't be flying through the air and like yeah. punching people in the face, you know, like I have to definitely, um, channel a softer, more nourishing. Um, so for me, the, um, the sound of music, um, uh, what is her name? I almost forget her name. Uh, the Fraulein, the main character in the sound of music. It's an, it's an, it's an old movie that I used to watch a lot as a kid, but she took care of these 16 children with love and she would play <laughs> and she was playful. Um, so there's different people that I try to embody for the different hats or the different silos in my life. So as a mother, you know, patience and playfulness and connection are really important to me. Um, when I'm working with patients, sometimes you need to have a firm hand and say, listen, like you can't have caffeine, you know, or you can't, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. Um, and then when I'm speaking, of course, um, you know, on a podcast like this, I want to be... Um, I want to be vulnerable, you know, I want to be vulnerable, open and honest, but I also want to, I want to also give other people permission through my example to be more of who they already are. So that would be, you know, me channeling Wonder Woman. Well, I, I mean, that's, 
just your 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 the consciousness around your decisions of how you want to show up. Like and and that's what I guess has always been um where my respect and and my my draw to you is is you have a well-rounded like you you have a deep knowledge of nutrition and and physical health and you know anyone that follows you on Instagram can see that you you know you do lift weights as a woman you do train mm-hmm. you know uh you'll do more playful work whether it was like step you know I was watching today mm-hmm. <laughs> you know which Lexi by the way my wife wants to you know uh know what step we're gonna do it on Zoom I'm gonna we're do gonna here. do it on Zoom she's <laughs> Steph's gonna run you through a that's awesome you know but you you have this 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 mental health, like this mindfulness, you know, practice and, and just, you know, with the, the superhero element, like the spirituality that it's like three legs of a stool that kind of help you be athletic and in, in showing up how you want to. And I think that as an athlete, you spend so much time, like I know in my life, you spend so much time trying to develop that an identity, you know, you never mm-hmm. really take it off. And I think as I've grown older, that's been difficult because I do have aspects of me that, you know, you, you said, it was, you know, sometimes it's like a faint whisper. Yeah. Like my thoughts of pursuing who I want to be is more like a, like an impatient child, like tugging at a parent's shirt, like, Hey, mm. pay attention to me. It's another day has gone by. You ha- you haven't, you know, shown up for me, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I think even as I continue to build my own practice and our own, fa- our own family, like Lexi and I don't have children yet, but I've also admired the way that you and Giovanni, your husband, have have grown with this together and the way you've brought this practice to your family. Like that mm-hmm. to me is something you're a great role model for us. You know, like Thank uh you. the one the one I wanted to um ask you about was the the gratitude and the failure practice you've been using. Oh yeah. This is one of my favorite that's things. That's a home run. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things. So And I wish, and this is, you know, I love talking about this because if, you know, if there's a mom or a dad that's listening now, they're like, oh, let me try this. You know, Mm -hmm. if I had, if I had someone teach me about gratitude when I was eight, like it would have been such a game changer for me. But what we do with the kids, um, there's a bunch of things that we do, but my, one of the my favorite things in terms of developing mental resilience and, and grit and the ability to solve problems is with gratitude because I, I strongly, especially now with the pandemic, it's so easy to fall into this fearful, um, scare, you know, mindset of scarcity where your environment can, can seem to be shrinking. And what we do every night with the kids is dinner time is, is sacred for us. So there's no devices at the table. You are not, everyone is down uh, at the table between five 30 and six, uh, depending on what I'm, what I'm making that night. And what we do is as we're eating, we will go around the table and we will ask everybody. Uh, so the kid, so we have a 14 year old, a nine, nine year old and a seven year old, all boys. And we will ask them to name the things that they are grateful for, for today and where they failed. So when I, and I had to reframe the word failure for them in the beginning, because when we first were asking them fail, even my seven-year-old was like, I didn't fail. I was perfect. Like I was a good boy. I did, you know, like he didn't, like he already had that negative association with the word. So we had to reframe the word failure to mean what you learned. 
So we said, okay, so maybe, you know, maybe you didn't fail in the way that you're thinking, but what did you learn today? What were something that didn't go the way that you wanted? And what did you learn from that? Um, so that was the way that we were able to introduce the concept of failure. So they will go around and, you know, um, my seven-year-old is still, um, we try to get him to talk about present moment things like my nine-year-old, my 14-year-old to get it. My seven-year-old will sometimes say, I'm grateful for the plants. I'm grateful for mommy. Like he'll say the same things over and over again, which is, which is fine. But I want him to start thinking about, eventually I'd like him to start thinking about, you know, I'm really grateful for the food that's in front of me. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for, you know, the interaction I had with my teacher today that I'm that I'm really getting this math uh, equation that was challenging for me, you know, whatever it is. So we go around uh, failures, uh, sorry, gratitude first, and then where you failed or, wh- or what you learned. Um, so that has been, yeah, one of my favorite things for the family because I, even myself, you know, if I've had a rough day, like right now I'm, you know, I'm homeschooling my kids, completely unqualified grade four teacher, completely unqualified grade two teacher. And like some days, it's hard, man. It's hard to be a teacher. <laughs> it's like, if, if my teachers came back and were like, we want a thousand percent raise, I would, I'd say here. Got it. No problem. Like here, no problem. you take it. No problem. So, you know, some days are rough. And then when we're sitting at the table, I'm like, okay, what am I grateful for? Like, yes, it was tough, but what you know, and it's a reset for me as well to to come back to the present moment because sometimes we can really ruminate. Um, there's, you know, areas of the brain that are just involved in like thinking and thinking and that circular thinking over and over again. And if you're focusing on something that's negative, like the hard day that you had at homeschool that your son refused to do his rainforest project uh, or, or whatever, um, you can get into this spiral where you just your frontal lobe, which is the area of the brain that is completely involved in happiness and joy and thinking about the future and planning and structuring, it completely goes offline and you just get into these more primitive areas of the brain that are involved in, you know, anxiety and fear mongerings. Um, so yeah, it's a wonderful, it's one of my favorite things that I do with the kids. And I guess my, my parents, like looking back, I played hockey. It's an, an expensive sport. You know, so I was always acutely aware of their sacrifice, and there were a lot of conversations had around Connor. You know, we are very lucky as a family. You have opportunities A through Z. You know, not every kid is awarded these opportunities. Let's let's make room to to really welcome them and and be grateful for them. I think that was you know strong, and and I'm grateful that my parents raised, and we had three boys in, in our family too. So mm. I know the ruckus that you're dealing with as yes. a school teacher. I'm going to go upstairs and all the pillows on the couch will be on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I leave for an hour, I know that there's one room that'll be destroyed, but I'm going to okay. have to text Giovanni thanking him for, you know, yeah, keeping yeah. him to a dull roar while we talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but I have this, I also growing up in sport, you have this deeply rooted, um, fear of failure, fear. There are consequences. There are are missed games. There are missed shifts. There are opportunities that close off to you Mm -hmm. with failure. And, you know, it's been something that even, uh, I'm 26 now. It's crazy to think about how long I've, you know, been a pro hockey player now, but, you know, early in my career, I would get very stuck and you you were talking about the the primitive sort of cycle mm-hmm. i was i was classic for a play a poor game i'm talking you know 7 o'clock game get home at 10 o'clock you eat dinner by 10:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it's four, five, six in the morning. Practice tomorrow's at eleven, and I'm still turning. I'm still considering, you know, what went wrong, uh, why it happened, and I just, you know, maybe it was my own, um, you know, relationship with with emotions. I don't think it was anyone's necessarily necessarily their fault, mm-hmm. but I do know, you know, because the three people in this podcast, the three groups, I guess, and this is where I get most of my social media sort of questions is like heads of family, moms and dads trying to do right by their family, mm-hmm. athletes or not, uh, 20-somethings trying to do something, you know, kids out of college, friends of mine that want to make a bigger impact in the world. Maybe they're trying to jump the corporate ladder, decide if that's what they want or not. Um, you know, maybe it's they're on a health, you know, mission and they consider me a resource. And then the third is really youth players. I get a lot of young players that reach out to me and say, Connor, how do you handle, uh, you know, what's your pregame warm up? What's your pregame meal? How do you work out? How do you practice? And I've tried to, you know, and I was so excited when we were able to, you know, connect to, to talk today because I, I knew that this reshaping around failure is something that has to at least show its face. I don't think in, in youth sport, it's going to be welcome yet. Um, but there needs to be a, a conversation around failure and mm-hmm. not, you don't want to ask anybody to to screw up. You don't want anyone to come down on a two on one and miss the net and not score a goal or whatever. But that facilitating that exploratory play, facilitating that continued passion of the game, because youth sports has gotten really professionalized. These kids are training hours upon hours, 365 days a year. And I know as a pro who I feed my family with this paycheck, like it's hard for me to show up 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. I don't think 12 year olds are equipped to do it. Yeah. And I think when fear is discouraged, like if that's like the worst, uh, you know, if, if people are trying to avoid failure at all costs, that's when you start to lose on creativity and, you know, people having the willingness and the, confidence to try new things. Like if you, if you try something and it doesn't work out and you're shamed for it, or you beat yourself up over it because the culture is such that, you know, failure is a bad thing, then you're much less likely to try something new or try something innovative the next time that that opportunity arises. So I think that when we think about failure, I, I would love to see it celebrated, like good for you. You tried something new. You thought of something outside of the box that has not, you know, been adopted common practice. And if this is, you know, for, uh, for the young players, I think this would be so helpful for them to be like, how can we, how can I get around, you know, you know, um, you know, a defensive player or whatever in a unique and innovative way. Uh, And if you fail, like, so what, you know, good for you for trying. But I think that we are, that's what I would love to see, because I think what you'll see there is more creation. You'll see a lot more, creativity and you'll see a lot more, uh, yeah, I would say creativity and innovation. That's, that's what I think comes from failure. Well, that's what I've studied, even in talking to teammates that have, you know, grown up in different environments. Like I talk, I'm from Chicago. So I grew up in our youth hockey city. You live in Toronto. Like it's, it's very competitive at a very young age. Yeah you know, where you are, but I've talked to, you know, friends of mine that have grown up in like the Swedish system and the the Finnish youth hockey. And, and it is interesting, like those countries have had, you know, histories of very, very talented players. Um, and there is sort of this more exploratory sense, this more, uh, 
uh, have fun. Okay, you found out maybe what didn't work. Let's try something else now. Uh, and How it's really interesting. How useful is that to have the template for what you don't know or you don't want? I mean, in life, really, but in in the context of sport, like for you to have the template for what you, what doesn't work and what you don't like is invaluable. I agree. And it's been, it's been something I've tried to recognize in sport, you know, and, 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 you know, it's interesting in in going through the podcast, um, you know, sort of bio and, and determining you know, with, uh, you know, my producer, Colin Steinger, one of the things we really wanted to sort of focus on was high performance and, and wellness and and mental and physical health, but through the lens of curiosity, Mm. like, like, and when I've approached my life with a sense of curiosity, it's always, it's like this, uh, energy generator, you know, and it, and it flips, it, it totally gets me into a state of, of wanting to learn, of embracing process over result of dreaming, you know, coach yelled at me, for example, say, and maybe I shut down, you know, for a shift or two where I was anxious. I I wasn't in flow state anymore, you know, so whatever I snap out of it, play the rest of the game after the game in my like review process. If I can get curious about like, Hey, that version of Connor, you know, was kind of shook up for a second there. Why is that? You know, what what happened there? Mm. And it creates, you know, a little bit more mindfulness in the moment helps me like, hold on the flow state in the mo- in real time. But it also has helped me, like I've put a lot of work in my post-game process, learning the separation of church and state, like how to drop the game and, and start to get ready for the next one. It's really been a great exercise and, and source of energy for me. I love that. And I think what you're demonstrating as well, and when you do, you know, if coach does yell at you and you are feeling more anxious, it's an invitation to go inward and say, okay, what, what is coming up for me right now? How, am, why am I feeling anxious? What am I being, what's triggering me here? And I think for a lot of us, um, I would say this is very true in sport. I'd say this is very true in the population at large is we are, we are, we do not want to feel our feelings. Like if you are feeling anxious, you will do anything to make that anxiety go away and you'll try to figure it out, you know, uh, in pro, you might have in your post game, uh, you know, recap, you might try to like all the logistics and all the algorithms are going to be running and like, how could I avoid that next time? And I, and I think we're all guilty of this. Uh, but what I, what I think is that is such a gift for you to say, okay, what is, what is the trigger here? Why is this making me feel anxious? And sit with that and let that marinate, you know, let yourself marinate in that feeling a little bit. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, you are a mom, you, you are uh, a, a leader as, as a, you know, with your chiropractic clinic, you know, and it's interesting that if you were to ask any adult or a coach, are you in control of how you feel all the time? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. And yet we coach these young athletes and demand that they feel a certain way about themselves mm-hmm. or encourage them. And I, I just think it's unrealistic. I don't mm-hmm. think it's sustainable. I don't think it's human. I think, you know, in my own practice, you know, as I become more veteran in the NHL, one of the things I've, for example, one of the things that would make me anxious, jump on the ice for warm up, legs feel gassed. Mm-hmm. I have no jump. 
when I was younger, you know, you'd, you'd start, okay, start the inner dialogue. How can I fix this? Mm. Oh, okay. I, I got to grab maybe something, a snack from one of the trainers, or maybe I just got to get a couple hard laps and I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And what I found is I've actually gotten much more comfortable, you know, just through the sheer experience of like, eh, it's all right. I've played a lot of good games, a little tired, not a big deal. Yeah. And I find like that athleticism versus like the other one is doing the best with what, like doing the best with what you got versus trying to like show up with your A plus game every night. And I think you prepare to do that. You, you prepare, you eat right, you sleep a lot, you do all that you th- you can for the A plus game, but it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not, you're not going to bat a, a hundred. You're not going to bat a thousand on that. Yeah. And I think that you start to, uh, your, your game will, will also depreciate as your anxiety goes up around it. So, you know, we were talking before I mentioned, you know, just kind of unhinging the fear and the self-regulation, like, okay, if my legs feel gassed, I have to, I have to get to do this. I got to do that. You know, that, that is an anxious response to things where, Mm -hmm you know from experience that, you know, sometimes you aren't feeling at 100%, but you still have an awesome game. Um, so I, I like this idea of uh, divorcing the inner critic from every, and driving the bus from for every single action that we have uh, in our life. And when you need to show up and perform, yes, you need to show up and perform. No one's saying, oh, my legs feel gas. Like I just, you know, I'm going to go back to the change room and not play. But I think that releasing the fear and anxiety around your response to, to that is important. And I'm, I'm really happy we've gone down this path and, and because I've seen, you know, through your, you know, platform, your channels, you are trying to engage in some of these conversations. You know, you were talking about empowering women, you know, I'm trying to empower youth athletes, you know, men and women, my age, uh, and really parents that are just curious about, you know, my, my path in the NHL and that, but you know, why have you shifted into the podcasting space, the, you know, sort of self-development space? Cause I thought, I think you've done a really nice job. You know, I've really Thank been you. following along and, and I was so honored when you first wanted me on, on your podcast. I was, oh, yeah. you know, I heard your list. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to get my <laughs> stuff to my shit together here. <laughs> I was, I was like, There's some smart people on this podcast. So I, Oh yeah, you were first for sure. I had made a list. Uh, I think you were, were you episode 10? I was in the top 10 for sure. I I remember because it was the only time I ever gone in the top 10. I was drafted 137. So I was pumped to go in the first round. I was so impressed with you from the moment I met you. You were one of the first people I wanted to interview for sure because your wisdom you know, you also have in, in many ways, like an old soul and you have this old school, you have this old, old school wisdom, uh, in such a young person. It, it's, it's really, it, you are an impressive individual. So you were definitely Thank somebody you. that I wanted to speak to. The podcasting has been a desire, you know, kind of speaking about like only the desires that you have, mm-hmm. you know, are meant for you. Uh, I've had this desire for years. I, it was, I remember, in, I think it was 2016, I became absolutely obsessed with Tim Ferriss, like the long form, the detail. He's the, so good. Uh, he's, he's a dream, like the witty remarks. He has this way of, you know, being self-depreciating, but also uh, holding his own. Anyway, I just, what 
for when I would listen to his um, interviews that were like two hours, three hours, whatever they were, it was so apparent the amount of effort that he had put in to mm. preparing for these guests. Like he would dig up information that I had never heard, you know, that you would, you very well-known people that you had mm -hmm. never heard this before. And I was like, God, this is, what a dream. And I remember actually I was, um, I have this memory. I've spoken to Giovanni about this. Uh, Gio and I used to go on these like walking coffee dates. So we'd grab a cup of coffee and then we'd kind of walk around the city aimlessly for hours. And I remember uh, us talking about Tim Ferriss and I said, one day I want to have a podcast like that. Like how, yeah. what a way to feed your intellect by understanding you know, an upcoming guest, understanding their body of work and then having the privilege to sit down with them and discuss their body of work. Like how amazing is that? So I've, I've always, you know, for as meant like at least since 2016, I remember saying, you know, I want to be the, I don't want to be the female version of Tim Ferriss because that's not, that's not right. I, but I want to have a similar voice that Tim does, um, for men and women to be able to deconstruct complex, you know, I'm a, I'm a bio nerd, right? But not everybody is as, is as jazzed about, you know, the Krebs cycle as I am. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you want to be able to deconstruct it in a way that you can get the information in a usable way for most people so that they can make use of it. And I want to, you know, another kind of through line is I want to, I want other people to see a strong female voice having these conversations so that, you know, if there's a, there are women who are listening, they can say, oh yeah, like I could, like, I like what she's doing. Like, I, you know, mm -hmm. and give, you know, cause when you see someone going for it, like whether or not my podcast is ever as big as Tim's or not is, is irrelevant. It's that I am going for it and trying to produce the best body of work that I can. And that in and of itself gives other people permission to chase the, the desires that they have. So that's sort of like a multi-pronged, belabored, you know, explanation, but that's, that's why I have the podcast. Well, I, I was hoping you'd go down that road because that's, was really the catalyst for, for me. And actually your husband, Gio was, mm. you know, really, um, we had met at one of the Archangel Summit events and then, you know, stayed in contact and he had, he had made mention, you know, Connor, I really think you, you might serve well in this space. And I had, uh, Lexi was actually the first one that ever, you know, she started to you know, I call it bug, but she used to say, Hey, I, I think you'd love podcasts, Connor, you should look into them. Mm -hmm. And I would literally scoff and say, no, I have enough on my plate that I am trying, I'm trying to become a better reader. I am trying to build these other habits that I, you know, have already committed to. And then the day that I began to listen, I was hooked. Like mm -hmm. I, I would, I would drive to the rink early and stay in my car to like, listen to you know, whether it was, it was, you know, Tim Ferriss was another, uh, you know, big one for me. And it's been really fun to engage with people. I look up to story, you know, to really be sitting there and trying to highlight, okay, what is so special or great about this person? Like what is awesome about this person that we can talk about? Mm. What is lighting them on fire in the world? You know, that I can talk about with them tomorrow and just it's really fueled other aspects of my life because it's been interesting, you know, with, you know, being on the, the NHL on pause, 
the goal of, of like what I'm training towards is kind of abstract. Like, I don't know when we're going to play. And that's rare because usually I know, you know, there's a game at seven o'clock tomorrow. I'm getting yeah. ready for that. Yeah. Or even in the off season, you know, you kind of know, okay, September 15th training camp. So I've tried to, you know, you draw an inspiration different ways on different days and, you know, just, just in getting ready for our podcast today, like I was, I was so excited to, and frankly nervous, like you, you, you do get a little nervous. You want to get it not right. You don't think there's like a perfect podcast, but you know, I, I want to speak with each guest about what's, what's their fire. What, who, why are they the way they are? Why are they so great? How did they do it? And meet and them where they are. Yeah. 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 No, you're doing, well, I, you know, from one podcast, I mean, is this how, what number is this? Is this number three? Is this your third interview or more? Yes. This is my third interview. Third interview. Like you, your conversation is, is awesome. Like for, for me that, that has always been, and that's something that I wanted to take from Tim. And even Joe Rogan is another person that I Mm -hmm. look Mm -hmm. up to in terms of his conversational skills. He's just like, all right, so we're on, we're live, you know, and then he somehow pulls like the most genius things from people. But yeah, being conversational and meeting the person where they are and extracting, you know, because the other thing too is everybody else has their sound bites, right? Like, you know, you Mm -hmm. speak to, I've spoken to, um, you know, people on the podcast who have their sound bites, you can tell that they have these sort of rehearsed things, but that I'm not interested in that because I can listen to any other podcast to get that stuff. I want the juicy stuff that comes after the sound bites. So tell me about, um, you know, there was a, I had, um, a guest and we were talking about uh, brain health and, um, and different, you know, uh, neurodegenerative, uh, conditions like Alzheimer's and cognitive dementia and stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to geek out with you on this certain gene APOE4, you know, cause this is like a big predictor mm-hmm, for Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And he was so appreciative, like, you know, cause you, you get to a certain stature and you get, you know, you sort of listen to one person on one podcast and you've listened to them on all. And afterwards he was so appreciative. He's like, thank you so much for asking me that question. Like, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've had any, anybody who's ever asked me that. And I had, um, one of my heroes, uh, David Sinclair was on the podcast. So he talks about, uh, longevity and how we can, things like fasting and being cold, this can activate certain processes in the body to help with, uh, extending lifespan. And he's been on Joe Rogan. He's been on yep, like all the big, he's been on all the big him. podcasts. Um, and afterwards he said to me, I, it's so obvious how much work you put into the prep. And he's like, I don't like to blow sunshine, but this was one of the best interviews I've ever had. And Giovanni heard me. So I was like trying to keep it together. I was like, Oh, okay. And oh, then yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally like pressed, you know, end call or whatever. And I started like screaming at the top of my lungs and like, Gio's like, what the fuck is going on? So he saw me, like he started recording me and I was like, yelling I'm like David Sinclair just said that you know so for me I um podcasting is also I I can't remember what the original question was but I'll just say that um podcasting is also I mean it's a way for me to connect with people right like I can't see you in person but I can talk to you this way but it's also a way for me to feed that insatiable hunger and curiosity you know we've been talking about a little bit about curiosity today around learning more about people because Everybody has an interesting story, everyone. And like, this is what, 
I love to talk about how I want to go through life. I love talking about the ins and outs of physical health and does intermittent fasting apply to sport? And, and you know, yeah. should I be training with weights or, you know, be, uh, you know, trying to myofascially stretch more? Like there are different elements of, you know, and I know you use the word geek and you mm. use that affectionately yes. and you own that word. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I call it like, you know, in my own world, like revenge of the nerds it, yeah, in man. terms of like, I want to be like the nerdy yeah. hockey player. Yeah. And it's been, it's been something that, you know, believe it or not, the podcast, the, this is not the type of conversation we have in the locker room. So in terms of, we, we talked about like respecting that, you know, that whisper, like that, that tugging child at your shirt. Like mm. I love having these, they juicify me, these conversations. They, yeah. they like, they, they take me out of like the day-to-day rigors of, cause it's very routine based, you know, trying to facilitate and respect and protect, you know, your talent as a player and that there's a different like relationship with Kai's in there too. That's very beautiful, but also just there's a nerve before each podcast. Like, I don't know what you're going to say today. Right. I can have all the notes, all the prep and, and, but at some point, if there's something that's really speaking to you, I got to be ready to roll. Yeah. You know, and it's been a really rewarding process. Yeah, the best thing a guest can say to you is, I've never talked about this before, but... It's not a podcast until that's... (laughs) Until that's like the moment it starts. Okay, now we can get into it. Yeah, man. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and and just trying to give back what we've taken. I think it was Tim Ferriss and Peter Atia. And Peter Atia, you know, I thought I was obsessive. That guy really put me in my place Mm. um, in terms of, you know, someone who can really decide to put his mind to something. And they were talking about the duality of like being able to hold something you want to say, but still listening to the other person. And that was like the final nudge that I'm going to do this. I'm like, I need that skill. I don't have that skill. I need to practice it. I need to screw it up. I need to nearly ask the guests to repeat themselves. I need to totally ask a question where they do repeat themselves because I don't think I have that skill. I would just blurt out. You know, I'm, I'm an impulsive conversationalist. Sometimes I'll cut people off. You know, Lex, you'll gently remind me that I'm doing that from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that was like the final nudge. I said, I need that in my life. I need to practice. And it sounds like this is a good way to do it. That is next level ninja skills. Yeah. I, I have a little piece of paper that I, so if there's a, if there's something I want to ask them, I just like scribble the main word. And I'll mm-hmm. just kind of look down at it. So that's still, I still haven't mastered it yet in complete, in complete transparency. So on the videos, when you see me kind of looking down, it's like, that's the thought I had, but I couldn't, I still can't hold it in my head yet. Cause I get so enthralled with what the person is saying. And then we go off on, you know, some other tangent. It's the way, the, it's the way of the podcast. I yeah. think it's, you, you can't, you can't tame this beast. There is no perfect, perfect conversation. Mm. Um, I love that, you know, and, and, I don't know. I, I did, uh, I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, the kryptonite side, like where, where are you struggling in your current process? Like what is being, is, is difficult for you in, cause I know you want to write a book mm. and I, I, you know, I'm so happy for your, your podcast growth, but what, you know, cause there's, there's sort of like different growing pains, right? Like there's that excitement you launch, no one has any expectations. You don't have any expectations. You're just excited about this beginner's mind thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a couple episodes go by, and not, now you know where you're starting to screw up. 
Now you know what actually sounds better. It's funny. I did have a couple uh, podcasters reach out to me and say, hey, you know, Connor, I know that you, it's weird to listen to yourself, but you need to. Like you need to listen to your own podcast so you can get better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know while you, I respect while that may be difficult for other people. This is not hard for me. Because I watch video where after I turn pucks over in mm-hmm. front of 20,000 people last night and all my teammates are there to see like this has been, so it's been cool to leverage that. Um, but certainly something called I've pod had, fade. There's like pod fade. There's like a, you know, after 10 episodes, like there's like a, you know, an eternal graveyard oh on Apple podcasts with like 10 episodes or less. Cause people are like, oh damn, that's actually a lot of work. So what, what, yeah, where, where are you with that? Like, where are you with that process? With my own kryptonite and my own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, the, the ongoing, my kryptonite is the ongoing narrative around who do you think you are to continue doing this? Like who, Mm. you know, are you, are you really smart enough to go toe to toe with such and such a doctor and have a conversation around it? Are you really, um, you know, capable enough to understand the concepts um, I had a, I had a cardiologist on, hasn't been released yet. Uh, it's one, um, I recorded before the whole, uh, Corona thing, but, uh, we were talking a lot about lipids and people oversimplify like cholesterol and LDL and HDL. It's, it's so complex. I mean, if you, you know, you're talking about Peter Atia, if you've ever listened to his earlier, uh, he's someone who I, I love and admire as well. He has a five part series in his podcast with, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Thomas something. He's a lip, like he's a expert on in lipidology, mm-hmm. and it's like ten hours of this most beautiful, um, you know, sermon on on lipids. Anyway, so I had a cardiologist on, and of course, I know that we we're going to be talking about lipids, and mm-hmm. I took like a week to prepare for it, and even on the call, it was like. Oh my God, it's like so confusing. It's, you know, it can be so confusing. So for me, the ongoing narrative is, you know, who am I? Do do I really have the capability to understand these things? And am I, you know, the responsibility that I have to the people that are listening to me, am I, am I head, am I, you know, leading them astray? And I think um, for me, the reason why the podcast is exists is that I just believe in myself temporarily, you know, a squeak more than I don't. Like I just can be 5149. Totally. Yeah. And I just, for a moment, I temporarily suspend the disbelief and I just sort of, you know, fail forward fast. Like I just kind of put my head down and do it. Um, and that's how, that, that's why the podcast is here. That's why, you know, I post, you know, step videos of my, I would have never done that at like a year ago, like to show someone my workout, never, never. So scared of, you know, people criticizing me and telling me like, who do you think you are? Like why, you know, that weight exercise is not safe. What if I have a bad, bad? you know, I would, I would never, I'd never do anything like that. But now it's just like, this is who I am. So and then I just yeah. get those like little temporary, like, this is who I am. Like, if you don't like it, it's okay. Um, and then I just post something when I'm feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, the, the repercussions, you know, they, they, they come if they come. So I've been trying to sit a lot with, uh, Seth Godin talks about this, like the responsibility to lead, 
where it's clear that he has, like in his thoughts, what a smart guy, frankly. Um, brilliant. 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 And with the Archangel uh, Beacon event, you know, I was able to be a part of, he discusses like this duality of there is no perfect, like tie it with a bow thought. There is no like end of a thought. It can be thought and edited into eternity. But also you have a responsibility to the people that you care about, that care about you to at least put some work in. Like, and he struck like this balance in describing how he respects and values attention of, of who's listening to him and who might be positively affected while also like dismissing perfect, perfect. You don't get a seat at the table anymore. Mm -hmm. And just his, you know what he, I, I, every time I listen to him or, or read anything he writes, I'm, you know, I leave thinking what a profound thought process behind him. Yeah. And he said something um, recently that I thought was really great, you know, talking about imposter syndrome and the inner critic and all that. And he said, you know, you feel like an imposter because you are, (laughs) you know, he was like, you are an imposter. You don't have it mastered yet. It's you're moving outside of your comfort zone and you're doing something that you don't have mastery in. So technically that would make you an imposter. But, you know, if everybody didn't, you know, like I said before, temporarily suspend that disbelief and do, uh, you know, just move forward, nothing would ever happen. So yeah, Seth is, uh, he, the way that he can deduce it, he's, his thinking is profound. What was, what was the, how did you announce the podcast? Remind me, because I, what I can say is one of the reasons I wanted to for sure start this aside from the awesome conversations with people you know, like yourself was I wanted to practice dealing with fear of judgment on purpose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because you would think being an athlete, I should have that down. Like there's a lot of people in the rink every night, but for whatever reason, I've learned to like dismiss that. And even given all those years of practice and, you know, normally being, pretty resilient. Again, I talked a little bit about, you know, some of the anxiety inducing situations earlier, but Mm -hmm. like the night I announced, I wanted to launch this, that it was coming out next Friday. I I wanted to throw up that night. Yeah. I don't know how I was, I don't know how I did it. I think what I had done being the, (laughs) the, the geek that I am was, I think I recorded like 10 episodes, you know, I might've recorded, you know, eight to nine episodes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have like enough material here that I can't not do this anymore. Um, I don't remember how I announced it though. That's what I, I'm trying to do now. I learned of the concept of backfill actually from you when Giovanni was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, would you want to come on, you know, Steph's podcast? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's mm-hmm. like, okay. We're going to do backfill. And then, you know, we're going to release them as they come on. I'm like, oh, that's how I could do it during a season. You know, yeah. cause I was concerned about yeah. the regularity. And, and once you, you, you have a concept that, you know, I wanted to be consistent. I didn't want to start something and then not finish, you know, cause I can, yeah. I can't think like that sometimes. Sometimes I have in my head, like more tabs open than I do finished projects. Mm-hmm. I can be a bit of a dreamer or, you know, an idealist that way. Just think I have an infinite amount of hours in a day. Um, so the podcast is nice because you do, you do have to set appointments with people and then you got to show up. <laughs> like you gotta yeah. be on the call, mm-hmm. you know? So I knew if, you know, just based on, you know, what I cared about my word that once I began, once I put it out there that I said I was doing this, I knew I would do it. Yeah. But until I had people let down, 
you know, or people that were expecting something of me, I, I knew I might drag my feet. Yeah. And even if you wanted to drag your feet, you know, once you set an appointment with someone, like your integrity will drag you to the, you know, will oh, yeah. drag you through across the finish line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I think it's in, in many ways, your career has really prepared you at, with the NHL, with everybody watching you and every move and, mm-hmm. you know, all the, you know, the, the sports commentators and well, if you just did this or just, did, you know, um, what's different here is that everybody expects you to play your absolute best for the devs. Right. Mm-hmm. But now in this format, you are expressing your opinions and your thoughts and you don't know what's going to happen. And there's going to be, you know, meandering conversations and all of a sudden you're not just a player anymore. You are the leader of, you know, the leader of the conversation. And then we get a, we get a really in-depth, intimate look at your opinions, your ideas, your dreams, your desires. And that is, you know, that's part of the reason, if I'm being totally honest, why I didn't start the podcast in 2016 and I only started it in 2019, at the end of 2019, because I was like, oh my God, people are going to learn the ins and outs of my voice. Like they're going to know my voice. Like it's so, even just, to, you know, because you have yeah. to have a good mic and they're going to be able to listen to the little nuances in your vocal, co- in the intonation and, you, you know, your thoughts and some thoughts that I have and some ideals, you know, some philosophical constructs that I have around health are contrary to what is consensus. So, mm-hmm. you know, putting yourself out there uh, is is an is a courageous act. So I commend you for doing it, and I'm really excited to see how how you grow into it and uh, what comes of this. And you can, you know, just as a from one podcaster to another, just you can batch record. Like I think I have three months of. Uh, like 12 weeks of interviews mm-hmm. that have been, that are queued up because we sometimes I'll do like two or three in one week. Yeah. That's what we've been trying to do. Just trying to, you know, cause we are at home right now just trying to get, uh, not get as many done, but, but have allowance on the other side of it <clears throat> in case the season were to restart, we were playing every other day or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is funny too, just like the way inertia works and how long, you sat with that thought to start a podcast. Cause I was very similar. Like I wanted to do one last summer mm-hmm. and it was like every month. Okay. Do I think I have, do I have it in me to launch? Ah, no, the season started. The season started. I, right. I don't think I can do it now. Oh, maybe I'll revisit it in November. No, I got injured. I got to, I got to make sure I'm, and all of a sudden, you know, I had enough reasons at the time, in my opinion, to, to say no. But I mean, I really labored over the decision to launch for over a year. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's worth sharing just the nature of, you know, what may look like an overnight success or an overnight effort. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to plant those seeds early and it takes time. Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to, uh, this is not a, uh, you know, an analogy that's going to be relevant to you, but sometimes you have to try on the dress and see if it fits, you know, <laughs> like sometimes you're just like, do, do I, how do I feel in this dress? Okay. I don't feel, I don't feel that great in it yet. You know, um, and that's, that's what it was for me. I was the same. It was like, well, I have the practice and well, I have young kids and, you know, and then I have to attend to their needs and, you know, I have a, you know, the relationship that they have with their father. And there was always, always something, always something that I could say, well, this is not the time to do it. So. I, I did have a question about you and Giovanni's relationship because I, you know, I'll, I'll be married two years now in July. Congratulations. It, thank you. It is you know, you and, and Giovanni both have your own style around 
high performance and well-being. And I'm curious about like how do you guys work that dynamic? Because sometimes it's it's hard when you have two people in one home trying to yes do their best every day, get after it. It's an endless game. It's an infinite game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how do you both balance? Because uh, I actually got this question from a, a close friend that said uh, it. Uh, it's I won't say who it was, but she she had texted me and said, "Hey, how do you manage being?" as focused as you are uh, trying to accomplish all that you want to. Cause there is a, at some point there is a cost, right? Like at some point you got to leave your podcast prep and go make sandwiches for the kids in the morning or maybe not sandwiches, you know? Yeah. No, not sandwiches. Not sandwiches. I I caught that, you know, (laughs) I I know your game. Um, Yeah. Right now they have uh, in my slow cooker, I have um, tomato sauce that I made, uh, ground beef and uh, cauliflower, broccoli, and what else do I have in there? Garlic, I think. Anyway, so um, yeah, it, it is a dance. Um, I definitely, you know, Giovanni's dream is Archangel. It is mm-hmm. to be serving others, to help entrepreneurs, irrespective of their income, to make meaningful impact in their in their sphere of focus. And one of the ways that I think, so for me, you know, in terms of how our household works, I tend to do more of the cooking because mm-hmm. Gio doesn't know how to cook. And also I'm really and like- you have to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just, you know, I'll just say this. He can make really good eggs. That's fair. And he thinks that he makes eggs better than me, but he does not. Um, but when you meet him, you can say, oh, I heard your eggs are way better than stuff. We actually had the kids vote on it. We were like, close your eyes. We're both going to make you some scrambled eggs. But anyway, so I, I do a lot of the cooking because I mean, I also enjoy it. I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. um, my, I love my cookware. I love the process of creating, like for me, it's almost, it's a little bit like Giovanni has, loves his showers. Like his showers are his creativity time. Like that's when he gets all the downloads. When I take my mind off of something, when I'm, you know, stir frying something or I'm chopping that that's actually when I actually get a lot of my ideas. So I tend to do a lot of the cooking, the kids, um, right now the homeschooling is, you know, our older son, Michael is on online school all day long. So it's, and he's 14, so he can sit for a longer period of time. Right now, my work is, you know, if I'm being honest, is is much more interrupted because I am running from this room where I record my podcast and do my work to, you know, helping the boys do long division or doing whatever. Mm. Um, So I tend to do more of the cooking and right now more of the child focused stuff. But in the evening, um, Giovanni is really good at kind of shutting off after a certain amount of time where we can all come together at the dinner table for, um, for our family dinners. That's sort of my sacred, that's like my sacred family time with him. And he, his genius, I think comes early in the morning. So he'll wake up before the house wakes up so that, you know, there's still the stillness of the morning and the quiet, and he can do a lot of his strategy and, and uninterrupted work then. But right now I would say that we're both just, you know, keep trying to keep all the balls up in the air. Some of them are falling, but you know, we're just trying to make, uh, just do what we have to do for, for, for both businesses. And I support 
him completely. It's a hundred percent his dream to be serving the people that he does. And and he's discovered in recent years that he's an excellent coach. You know, so he has he coaching clients. Truly is. Uh, he is, you know, that is really his genius. And yeah, we're just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a give and take. Yeah, I, I ask because I'm trying to, in, at least in my experience, I am not someone that can wing the day. I do much better when I chunk my time and I create beginning, like hard beginning and beginnings and ends to things. Yeah. Like I am going to work on the podcast prep from four to five and not a minute longer because otherwise it could be eight 30 mm-hmm. and I missed dinner and I've been totally absent, you know, for my family. And I think it's, you know, really it's just maturity around, you know, your, my goals, my obsessions, like, like learning how to both do my best while also understanding, you know, other aspects of my life, you know, require a, a, attention mm-hmm. and, and you got to have energy for when that, that happens. If I learn anything from Giovanni, I want to, I want to steal like his unassuming smirk, <laughs> you know, you know, like, <laughs> so you know, you know, right. Where he just stares at you for like a second after you, and he's like you say something and he's looking, yep. <laughs> Like he is looking so into you. If I could steal, if I can learn just one thing from your husband, it's that. uh, He has this uncanny talent as well, where he could be putting on an event for 4,000 people and be totally chilled. You know, he can walk and people like, oh my God, it's so great. Aren't you stressed? And he was like, no, I'm not stressed. Yeah, no, I'm good. You know, and, you know, look into their soul for a moment after and then continue walking. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, stuff. I uh, I really appreciate your time today. I want to be respectful because I know you're you got a lot going on still with your own podcast, the kids, uh, Geo. Um, truly awesome conversation today. I learned a lot myself, and and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it today. Anytime I can spend time with you is time well invested. So thank you for inviting me on. I'm honored to be here and. Yeah, man. Looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to your next TikTok video. And I'm That'll looking- be tonight. Yeah. That's actually the real reason I have to get off as much as I am concerned about your kids' lunches. <laughs> Lexi's over there, you know, tapping her toes like, hey, we got a TikTok yeah, tonight. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, looking forward to uh, when I get to see you and Lexi uh, in person. So Yeah, us too. We miss Toronto a lot. Yeah. That's why I wore my thank you Toronto thank you, hat. Toronto. We, we miss it up there. Yeah. But- All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Uh, Truly outstanding. I'm excited to see how we, uh, how we pump this out. I'm, I will let you know uh, when we're going to, and thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you. Colin. Shit. Yeah. I forget that one every time. I've just been, we're trying to have an epithet. In our, no, yeah, Mm -hmm. really like, and this is kind of an open floor, open mic question is stuff like what in the world right now is really lighting you on, on fire? Like what is, you know, we talked a little bit about your, your better podcast, but what are you like laser focused on getting better at? What is lighting you on fire in the world today? I think what I'm, this is, I don't know how this is going to sound, but what I am laser focused on right now is channeling more of my feminine. So I want to be, I want to get crystal clear on my desires. 
I want to get crystal clear on honoring, you know, when, cause I can, I'm like you, I can sit, you know, four to five and I can look up and it's like 10 o'clock. Like mm-hmm. I can get so into my work and for so many years I would walk around literally like my body was just a mechanism to get my brain where it wanted to go. Like I was just so disconnected from my body. So honoring what my body needs, which is movement. Like I, I crave, so I will, you know, kind of one to three o'clock, I will usually go and take a yoga break. So just kind of honoring that and honoring my inner child, uh, that is, you know, and developing a relationship with her. That is what I am Hmm. really laser focused on because even like during this time too, I have found as a, you know, as an artist formerly known as a perfectionist and a control freak, it, there's something about this pandemic that is kind of like, it's a bit of a mind fuck for me. Like I can't mm-hmm. totally understand the virus. There's so many different theories from different healthcare professionals around what the mechanism of action is and like, is it binding to the ACE2 receptor and is vitamin D and blah, blah, blah. So the, the element of control for me, like I've been much more triggerable, like I've been much more agitated. Mm-hmm. So just listening to my inner child when she... And, and kind of just being more gentle with myself. That's really what I've been more laser focused on in the past like five to six weeks since this whole thing has come up. Um, there's always a goal for me to be able to learn new tricks with resistance training. Like I want to be able to do a human flag. So I don't know. Uh, that's kind of like, <laughs> that's what I want to, you know. That's yep. something, yeah. It's honestly the coolest thing in the world. But- yeah. So that's, that's what I'm focused so on right sad. now is just, you know, honoring my, you know, my somatic form, uh, honoring the, uh, developing a relationship with my inner child and being okay with surrendering to the things that are, that I cannot control. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing, you know, and, and you know, my relationship, it's been interesting with the the COVID quarantine for me too, because you know, a question that I think about, I don't know if every pro athlete thinks about this, but one of the things that I get asked all the time and, you know, it's something that comes up consistently is like, what, what do you want to do when you're done? What would you do? What would you do when you're done? Mm -hmm. And this has been like a forced practice for, okay, if the NHL locked its doors and there's no leak, how are you going to provide service? What what value do you bring to the world? Mm -hmm. What, what's even fun for you? You got to think about that aside from the game. Isn't that such an interesting question? What is fun for you? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to even be clear on what you want. Yeah. Like how hard is the question? What do you want for dinner tonight? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want for dinner? (laughs) What do you want for dinner? I don't know. Every couple plays that game. And it's, you know, so I'm trying to play that game with, I guess, my my destiny, my life Mm -hmm. in terms of, okay, what do you want? Because you have time. Mm-hmm. right now where there is no ice rink that's open right now. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been at the mercy a little bit of uh, the wave of what's going on out there too, just like emotionally, just knowing that, you know, people are struggling and what am I doing to try and make the world better? So one form is, is the podcast. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. it's entertaining, um, you know, for people. And I, I think we've done a good job with that, but you know, there's definitely some days where, yeah, I'm more gratitude focused. I am grateful for my own, mm-hmm. you know, journey and, and what's going on inside of it. But, you know, I've also tried to respect a little bit of the grief I felt, you know, for people out there that yeah. this is really tough for them and, yeah. and yeah. I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. 
You want to be able to say to life, I want a steak and lobster for dinner. That's what you want. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> I love that. Wow, what a, an incredible individual, uh, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Thank, I am so thankful she joined us today. I always learn from our conversations together, but there's something about when you sit down with someone for well over an hour that there's just a flow and a depth you can get to with, with no interruptions. And I, I learned a lot today. I am so grateful she came on. I also want to continue to, we did some of our reverse sponsorships on this podcast. I also want to give a shout out to just some individuals that I also, uh, Lexi and I have gained a lot of inspiration from. We're all still on quarantine right now. We are, you know, all trying to get creative with food. You know, if you're sick of cooking or you don't want to eat out, uh, Ronnie from at uh, Primal Gourmet is who we draw a lot of our inspiration from at home in terms of what recipes we go with. Also, Terry from No Crumbs Left. They are both uh, paleo style, Whole30 driven uh, food bloggers and Instagram pages. They do an awesome job with step step by step. Uh, tutorials. Lexi usually makes our meals because she's the superior chef, but honestly, I can follow them. They both do a great job. And also Stephanie with Cook by Color. She does this like fridge foraging concept where uh, people will uh, Instagram her, direct message her what they have in the fridge, and she'll just throw something wonderful together. So she's a great option in case, you know, there's a, a lag between, you know, food delivery services right now. And, and simply just to make use of what you got in the fridge, because we all do that from time to time. So those are, those are a couple of resources that we really lean on, people that we know and love. Show them some love, follow them, support them. Uh, they'll gift you with uh, some great recipes, some, some things to feed your family, some food items. Uh, and again, you know, we, Lexi and I, it's kind of our style. We shop local. We talk about buying local uh, and, and supporting our small farmers during this COVID-19 quarantine Please continue to do that. I know, uh, you know, all the farmers we've bought from have been hugely appreciative. And frankly, the food's always better. So win-win. Get this far for listening, no matter where you are in the world right now. I'm really grateful we got to spend the last hour and a bit together. Uh, truly, uh, always appreciative of, of your attention and, and of you taking part in, in this, the growth of this podcast. Continue to please like and share and subscribe and show your mom or, or your dad how to work this. Send it to your men's league team. Uh, whomever you think might uh, enjoy participating in our conversations here, participating in our podcast here, uh, we welcome any and all. So thank you again. I, I'm truly grateful and humbled by your support, and I continue to look forward to our growth.